Hey, this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. So good morning. Uh, my name is Brett, and this is my wife, Christy, and we are really excited to be here today and to get to share the Word of God with you. And I want to thank Pastor Rob for giving us the opportunity to be up here today. Um, we're going to continue on with the Stand series, and we're going to talk about the father of our faith, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah. Um, so basically, three, there was three promises that God gave them to stand on. The first was that he would be father of many nations. The second was that they would have a child, which I guess you'd have to be, have a child to be the father of many nations. <laughs> that might be tough if not. And he promised them land for their descendants. So before we get into it, I'd like to look at what, what did God say about Abraham and Sarah, and how did God see them? And then we want to look at the journey that they went on. And he did have a couple, they had a couple hiccups along the way, which I don't really want to focus on that. I want to focus on, you know, what did God say about them? How did God see them? And I'd like to look at how they started and how they finished yep. in the end. Yep. So um, before we get into the word, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true, Father God. We just pray you would give us your words to speak here today, Father, that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, and we would have understanding, Father God. And we don't want to be hearers only, but we want to be doers of your word. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Okay, oh, so um, if you would turn to Romans 4.17. And we'll take a look at what, what God says about them and how God sees them. So Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. So that's two of the promises that they were given. They're the father of many nations and that they would have a child. So if you would, let's turn to Hebrews 11.8 and we'll see the last one there. So Hebrews 11.8 it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he would after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing where he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Hallelujah. That's so that's, that's how God sees them. 
Let's take a look at their journey. It begins in Genesis 12. Yeah, what a journey. Genesis 12. And we're going to go all the way through to chapter 22. And there's so much there, you know, we're going to kind of hop, skip, and jump through there. So um, you'll have to try to keep up with with us here. Um, Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Okay, so they have their first hiccup here, which we're not going to talk about that right now. But I know for me personally, you know, if the, lo- the Lord spoke to me today and told me, hey, I want you to leave your country, leave your family, leave everything that you have behind and just go. And I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. You know, that would be a pretty tough thing to do. Um, I would really have to know that I heard from God before I would be willing to <laughs> just step out and leave everything behind like that. Um, I guess you being my wife, how would you feel if I came home one day and told you, hey, you know what? The Lord showed me that we need to leave our country. We need to leave our family. We need to leave everything behind. We're getting in the truck and we're going. And we don't know where we're going either. You know, how, how would you feel about that? See ya. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I know there are times in situations of people's lives where a spouse or a parent has put them in situations, but I'm going to do from my point of view that I know that by the time Brett got to me, he would have known it was from God. He would have known everything, and he would have asked me to be in a prayer with him. I believe this was Sarah's first stand moment. Um, And so I'm going to read something, but if you've been around me much, you'll know that I have a really hard time with my glasses. This is the first time I've ever worn them up here and my lens fell out. So I'm going to have to use my husband. So apologies if we tried this time to be really good. So I'm not even sure I can read. But anyhow, okay, back to Sarah. So this is her first stand moment. And I believe this is the key factor in her whole this whole journey comes under this. And as if, well, I'm going to take you to 1 Peter 3. If you know this scripture, it can put a kink in a lot of women's necks because it is the submission. The very first starts out, wives, likewise, be submissive to your husbands. We're not going to go there. We're not going to get into all of that. But it's just a moment of when it comes down to the decision getting behind. So I want to get in here. We're going to go 1 Peter 3, 3 real quick. And it says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair and the jewelry and all that, but let it be the hidden person of the heart um, with the, I'm so sorry, incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in the Oh, I'm so sorry. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, um, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, I always heard that that end part was if you're not being forced into submission, you know, it's easy to do the submission part. And I believe this is where she came in line with him for this travel. It was 
the key was she heard from God. So she's, she's ready. She's got her traveling music on, and she is ready to get going with her hubby. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so we'll look at the first hiccup here, but do remember that Abraham did have enough faith to step out and go, which I think is probably more than a lot of us would have. Yeah. You know, so um, he told him in the beginning here that he was to leave the country, leave his kindred, which is his family, and leave his father's house. Actually, he took Lot, his nephew, with him and his father with him. And it's kind of hard to figure out the way this scripture reads. And the reason for that is, you know, it only shows he took Lot with him. But they're departing out of Haran here. You know, when the Lord spoke to him the first time, they were in Ur of Chaldees. And that's actually where they lived. So if we pick up... If we just back up to chapter 11, verse 31, and pick up about in the middle of that, it says, And they went forth with them from Ur of Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So Terah is Abraham's or Abram's father. You know, and this is still not real clear when you read this in, in context, because it, it would almost lead you to believe that Abraham took all of them and he just went. But if you go to Acts uh, 7, 2, it'll help clear it up and put it all together. So Acts 2, 7, seven. or 7, 2. <laughs> we'll get it right here. Acts 7 2. It reads, And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran. Ur of Chaldees is in Mesopotamia. And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I will show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans, which was Ur, where they lived, and dwelt in Haran. And from then, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. And it's funny, I've got a little footnote here in my Bible for he removed him. And it actually says, God made him move. So, <laughs> you know, when he, yeah, when he got there, I think he would like to stay there. And God made him move and continue on. You know, and you might think, well, why didn't he want him to take his family with him? The reason was because they were into idolatry there was the main reason that he wanted to do it. Because he wanted to start a brand new nation. You know, he didn't want that going along with them. And I'm not going to go there, but you can write this down. Joshua 24, 2 talks about Abraham and his dad and his brother. And it says, you know, that they worshipped other gods. So that's why he wanted, you know, to leave them behind. Okay, so they're on the journey. They leave Haran. If we continue reading on here, um, there's a famine in the land. So they decide they're going to go to Egypt. And the funny thing is, I didn't realize this until I looked at the map, but they had to go through Canaan, the promised land, to get to Egypt. You know, so they went <laughs> through their destination and kept going to get into Egypt. So before they get into Egypt, Abram tells Sarah, you know what, you're such a beautiful woman that when we get in there, Pharaoh's going to want you for himself. He's going to want you to be his wife. And they're going to kill me. So when we get in there, I want you to tell them that you're my sister so they let me live. 
So they, they go into Egypt. That's exactly what happens. Pharaoh has her brought, you know, to him. And she tells him, Abram's my brother. You know, we're brother and sister. And because of that, um, Pharaoh actually gives Abram all kind of wealth. He gives him sheep, oxen, uh, donkeys, camels, servants, everything, thinking they're brother and sister. But it's not too long after that that the Lord sends a plague to Pharaoh into his house because of Sarai. You know, and it don't take long for Pharaoh to figure out what happened here. So Pharaoh brings in Abram and tells him, why did you tell me this? Why did you tell me that she's your sister? I could have taken her for my wife. You know, so... Pharaoh tells him, you know, take your wife and everything that I gave you and just basically go, get out of here. <laughs> so um, we'll pick up in chapter 13 here in just a minute. But I guess, you know, how would you feel if we're on this journey? And before we get into Egypt, I'd tell, tell, him, tell you, you know, because you're so good looking, that <laughs> Pharaoh is going to want you for himself and they're going to kill me. So tell him that you're my sister. Yeah, well, you remember we read about the gentle and quiet spirit void at this time. I would have been like, um, yeah, let's uh, regroup this pal. We are not doing this. I don't know what we have to do. You know, I don't want you to die. Well, I don't want you to die. <laughs> but um, we, we've got to do something here. So, but, you know, it's surprising when they got to Canaan, you know, like God didn't know there was going to be a famine when they got there, right? So they got into fear. That was their first step because the fear made them go here. If they had stayed there, but they kept moving and God did bring it back out. But if they had stayed right there, she wouldn't be experiencing this because, you know, experiencing that because she didn't know when she got put in there whether she was ever going to see her husband again. You know, at that moment in time, here's this beautiful woman going in, you know, to this harem. What, what was going to happen? I just heard this the other day and it just really touched my heart and it said do not let fear run your life and change your course this fear that entered them in Canaan that sent them on to Egypt could have changed the whole course and we could be reading a different Bible but God already spoke God already told them you're going here he already had the plan and they they he helped them because he does as you'll see as we keep on going here yep yep Okay, so chapter 13, verse 1, starts out, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him. So off they go, and they <laughs> take Lot. Lot with them again. Okay, so now the problem they have is they both have so much wealth that they can't contain it all in one area because they both have so much cattle their herdsmen are you know they're having problems because they're trying to keep them separated they can't because they have so much so abram tells them basically we've got all this land you know if you go to the right i'll go to the left if you go to the left i'll go to the right you just pick which way you want to go and i'll go the opposite direction so if we pick up in verse 12, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So, you know, I think most of us know what was going on in Sodom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, the part I want to bring out of this too is, Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. You know, it's never good to entertain yourself with sin and to watch That's this. Good. And we're going to see that as it goes on. But when you do that, you're opening up the door and telling the devil, come on in and abuse me, yeah. you know, is what you're doing when that happens. 
So we'll, we'll see what happens to, to Lot here. But if we pick up in uh, verse 14, it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land, in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. So again, God is reminding him of the promise. Only he's actually giving him a visual here. You know, he's telling him, this is, Abraham's actually, or Abraham's seeing what's going on. He's telling him, this is all going to be land for your descendants. I want you to walk it. You know, which that, that's going to really build him up too, isn't it? Yep. I'm not going to spend much time in... 14, um, but I do want to read just 11 and 12 here. You know, and they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah in all their vittles and went, <laughs> went their way. And they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods. So, you know, the last time we read, Lot's up, up on top of the hill looking down out of his tent. Now Lot's living in Sodom, which is why we should not entertain ourselves with sin like that. It, what, what had happened here was um, some kings got together and went in and basically took over Sodom and Gomorrah and took all the people that had, did not get away and took all their goods with them. Um, and then Abram had to actually go back in and rescue Lot to bring them <laughs> out of there. You know, yeah, I, I think for me, and I can't speak for Abram, but if it was <laughs> me by this point, I'd be thinking, Maybe I should have obeyed God and left <laughs> Lot back home. there. You know, he's starting to be high maintenance. You should, should have left him back there. That's right. Um, here, I need to look at yours. Oh, yeah, that's right. So verse 15, we'll start out in chapter. 1, or chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born of my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come out of your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed him, or he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur. There you go. Yeah. There's Ur again. Yeah, Ur again. Of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? And this goes on, if you read it in context, and God actually cuts a covenant with Abram to prove to him that he will do what he's saying he will do. You know, we don't know a lot about covenants, but to give you an idea how serious they were back then about them, if two people would come together and cut a covenant, the penalty if you broke that covenant was death. So they took it very serious back then when that came up. Yeah. Yeah, I like how God constantly reiterates. He kept bringing up in them again. Kept encouraging. And he'll keep doing that. Just keep moving, you know, and he'll keep encouraging. Now, there's two words here I want you to remember. Husband and wife. 
So God comes to him and says, you know, you're going to have a baby from your own body, right? So he's probably excited, I would think. If Brett got a word again, God again, he said, this baby's going to come from me. It's going to come from our house. That's how we're going to get. And he came and shared that with me. I would probably think, husband's going to come from his. I'm the wife. It's probably going to come from me. Yes, well... Um, Sarai did not do that. She jumped out ahead of God. I think she was excited. I do not believe she was not standing on the promise. I believe she was still simply trusting and never doubting. But Brett and I have this saying, when I get a word from God, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it now. Let's go. I'm not waiting. I'm out here. And God's pulling me by the ponytail back. I gave you the word. Let's set a little bit on it. And then we got Brett, who... God has to pull him by the shirt. Let's go, pal. You know, this has been 10 years now. Let's get her moving. So we meet in the middle. I believe I'm like Sarai. In this case, she just jumped out ahead of God. Okay, she got ahead of the plan. She knew it was going to happen. It says here that she, she was not conceiving children. I mean, it just wasn't happening. Um, she... Unfortunately, she gave Hagar to be, to her darling husband, to be his wife, and they did conceive. Hagar got a little attitude. She booted her out for a little bit. God spoke to her. Now, this is the reason we have a lot of Middle East issues, because she did get out ahead, and sometimes there are consequences. But she's growing. She's still moving. She was still standing, and I do not believe she was meaning to go against God. It's just she jumped out a little ahead of the gun, and so now we have that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you notice I did not ask him his opinion on what he would do if I said, would you like to have my maidservant? <laughs> there are questions, ladies, we just don't ask, right? <laughs> you, you would be okay. <laughs> okay, uh, let's pick up in chapter 17, verse 1. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what, now you know how what do you respond with to them? that, you know? <laughs> okay, chapter 17, verse 1. Um, and when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and unto (laughs) thy seed after thee. And And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Okay, so the part I want to bring out of this is... His that, name's not thee. Yeah, <laughs> that he changed to Abraham, the Abraham, I guess it would be. But, uh, you know, Abraham in the Hebrew actually means father of many or father of multitude. So, you know, by changing his name, now every time Abraham hears his name, he's hearing exactly what God said about him. You know, I will make you a father of many nations. Every time he hears his name, he's hearing father of many nations. And every time he goes up and talks to somebody, he's telling them, you know, my name is 
father of many nations That's is really what he's good. telling him, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, what Jasper confession is, is to say what somebody else says. So God now has him saying what he's saying about him. So if we pick up in verse 15 here, it says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abram, or Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? You know, I, I don't know if you remember what God said about him at this point, but let me read it to you again and see how different it is in this. What God had said about him was, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform. That's a lot different than what Abraham Abraham (laughs) says, isn't it? You know, I think Abraham just had a weak moment here. I think what happened was, he got his eyes off of the promise and he got his eyes on what was happening between them. But the really neat thing about God and about faith is it doesn't take much to make an adjustment that's and right. get back into where yeah. you need to be. And I think that's why God said this about him. Because after this, we know it wasn't long after he had a child. So he had to make this adjustment and, and change, you know, and basically once again say what God said about him here. You know, he had to have faith to be able to have that child. So I believe, you know, not long after this, he realized, you know, hey, I'm missing it here. I need to get back in tune with God. I need to get back on what God is saying about me instead of believing this. That's really good. So um, chapter 18 we won't spend much time here either. Um, it starts out saying, And the Lord appeared unto him. So Abraham is sitting in his tent in the heat of the day, and three men show up. And it's the Lord and two angels show up. So Abraham runs out and he bows down to him and asks him, Hey, can I bring you a pitcher of water out that you can wash your feet? And can I bring you something to eat? And they agreed to it. So Abraham runs back into Sarah and tells him, Get out the fine meal and make three cakes. He goes out in the field and finds this tender little calf running around, you know, brings it back to his cook and has him prepare it for them. And if we pick up in uh, verse 8 here, it says, And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree and did eat. You know, it's funny, we had talked about this, it's probably been at least a couple months ago now. I was reading through this, and I told Christy, I said, you know, how long do you think this took to prepare this meal? <laughs> you know, how long did they wait? You know, today, if we had company come over we, and, you know, decide, hey, we're just going to have dinner, you know, we'd run to the store, get some meat, come back, throw it on the grill. We'd be eating in probably an hour. But, I mean, if you actually have to go out and get a cow walking around, how long <laughs> is it going to take to prepare this meal for them? You know, I think it took quite a while. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, praise God. Um, I call this next for Sarah was her life circumstances versus where she begins to stand. Because if you go back to where he changes her name, um, right below that, you know, Abraham almost is like begging God, couldn't Ishmael just be the one? You know, he didn't want to have to go back to her and say, look, you know, this baby has to come from you, husband and wife. Um, 
God said, no, it's going to come from Sarah. So if we go back and pick up where, um, oh, sorry, I'll try, where Sarah comes in. I'm just going to do it off of my head. Um, she comes in and she's hearing, they're asked, where is Sarah? And he said, she's in the tent. And he says that at this certain time, she's going to conceive. And she laughed in her heart and said, really? You know, now that I'm old and my husband, my Lord is old also, I'm going to have a baby now. And God, the Lord said, why did Sarah laugh? And she says, because he said, I will visit her at this time. And she says, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. And he said, no, you did. So now we're going to go back up. Life circumstance caused her to say, I'm what? You know, God instantly brings his word to cover over that. And he says, is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? And I believe, just like Brett said, this was her moment of she just needed to correct her thoughts because then she's backpedaling. Wait, I didn't laugh. Is anything too hard for God? And I believe at that moment where she came up and she was able to stand, she's starting to simply trust and never doubt because his word is infiltrating that doubt. And we all have life circumstances, but let that word start getting in there and things change and that was her moment of change at that i believe at that particular time they're growing he's helping them and i just i just love that about god you know no matter where you are and you think you're beat down he brings a word at that moment now you can't tell me the next time they're intimate that that didn't come up in her heart you know is anything too hard for god i just i just think that's so awesome Oh, I did want to read this because this is where, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, 11, what God does say about her, that she received strength. She received strength to conceive. Change in her heart is anything too hard for God. Yep, like that. yep, that's good. So to finish out chapter 18 here, before the Lord leaves, he talks to Abraham about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah because they're getting ready to destroy it. And Abraham has to intercede for Lot to save his life. And uh, we won't talk anymore about Lot. There. We, we need to keep it G-rated, so we won't continue on with that story. Yeah, so we get to 20. 20 is a, you gotta be kidding me. This is, when they do this Sodom and Gomorrah thing, they get back into another Gerar, I don't know how you say it, and here's King Abimelech, and Abraham again says, tell him you're my sister because you're so beautiful. What? Doesn't this guy get, right? So she says, I'm his sister. The king takes her, and God shows up to Abimelech in a dream. This would have to freak you out. And he says, basically tells him, you are a dead man <laughs> because you took this woman. Holy cow, you know? And uh, Abimelech comes back to him and says, yeah, but I basically, I did it in a good integrity of my heart. They both said, she's my sister. And God said, I know that. And this was the moment then Abimelech could have kept her or he could have sent her back. So he gives her back, of course. And... Um, they, they get on the road, but at the top it says, he comes to Abraham and he says, why did you guys say this? What, what the heck? You know, why are you trying to do this to me? And Abraham says, well, I think it's because, you know, we thought this was an evil land. And she really is my sister. We both have the same father, but not the same mother. 
right? So, okay, whatever. So me, I have this friend, and one time, people, we must look a lot alike, um, because people are always asking if we're related. And so um, there was a show, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm going to, The Three Stooges. And so <laughs> Curly wants to go in and see his friend in the hospital. And the nurse says, are you related? And he said, yeah. Her, his mother and my mother are both mothers. <laughs> so me and my friend will do this when she says, are you guys related? I say, yeah, her mother and my mother are both mothers. So he really was their father. But when we read this, we were both just like cracking up because yeah. it's like, really? Yeah, yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, too, um, because he's both of their fathers it's like it's no wonder they didn't want to leave him back there you know it's like we can't leave dad back there he's got to come with us but uh you know and the funny thing is too um this is just a weird time um to stick up for abraham and sarah that's right because you know this is really not that long after the flood but it's before the law so you know you, you have to figure everybody came out of noah's family yeah. There wasn't that many of them. Yeah. So, you know, there out. had to be a lot of marriages with cousins and stuff back then. And, and the funny thing is, I didn't know <laughs> this, but I'd read this the other day. You know, Noah was still alive when Abraham's dad was here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were here on the earth together for over 100 years. Yeah. And it wasn't that long before Abraham was born that Noah died, you know, somewhere between two and ten years. So, you know, there's... Yeah. When you look at the timeline like that, huh? but yeah. I guess when you live to be 950 years old too, <laughs> you're you know, going to have those relatives. Yeah, you're going to have relatives. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That is good. Well, they've got it all worked out. Abimelech mm-hmm. gave it back, and again, they got more rich because of it. I mean, God's still interceding. They're still moving. They're still standing. They're, yep. you know, they're not blaming God for any of this stuff in their own situations, and He just mm-hmm. He helps them. Yep. And, uh, okay, so chapter 22, and we'll finish this up oh, here. Do 21 here. Oh, you don't? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I thought you were done. Nope, we're not done yet. So now we get to um, Isaac being born, and it says that God did visit her at that specific time that he told her back when her moment changed and she got that she was able to stand. And so now it says, God has made me laugh. And he's given, who would have thought that I could have this baby and give it to Abraham? So God turned that, that snarky laugh, that yeah, right laugh, into laugh. And he will do that for every person in every situation. If life's, life's beat you up or you have gotten off, you thought you heard God and you didn't, he, he will get you right back on the path. But you got to get back into him and, and work work with him on that. And he made this work out for the best. And I love that about him. Yep. Okay, so chapter 22. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we should have him reborn first, right? Okay, chapter 22. We'll start out in verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will show thee. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto a place of which God had told him. And we'll skip down to verse 6 just for time's sake here. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and the knife 
And they went up, both of them together. And Isaac spake to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how old, how old he was here, but he was old enough to know that there's a problem going on. We're, we're missing the main ingredient for the offering here. So, um, verse 8 says, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went up, both of them, together, and they came unto the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, uh, there was a ram behind him, caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering uh, instead of his son. So, you know, how far has Abraham come? To do this, I mean, how many he waited? We know of at least 25 years that he waited to have his son, and he's actually willing to take him up and sacrifice him, you know. And he was going to go through with it too. And it tells here that you know he believed he would have a lamb for the sacrifice, but if you read back in Hebrews 11, it actually says that Abraham believed that he would raise him from the dead if he would have went through with this. So, and we also noticed it said, I will tell you which mountain to go to. So he also had to be on the right mountain. Yeah, you know, when exactly. he got there, he had to be listening to, where do I, where do I go now? It yeah. was a continual. Yeah, he's, he's fully listening to God, you know, and, and to have that kind of faith would yeah, take a lot. Grew. They grew yep. a lot yep. in their it, journey. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny in the beginning. It's almost like children are, or parents are with their children when they're young and they're first teaching them how to stand you know and they're really wobbly and the parents always have a hold of their hands and they're holding on to them and holding them up you know that's kind of what it was like with abraham and sarah in the beginning you know god had a hold of them had a hold of their hands the whole time holding them up and teaching them how to stand through thing and continually reminding them of their promises you know, having him walk the land, this is the land I'm going to give for your descendants. You know, he cut a covenant with them. He changed his name to Abraham. You know, he's just constantly doing things to help him and to help him stand and get him to come all the way through until he gets to the end here where he is standing strong, you know. That's really good. So, um, That's really good. You know, I'm sure that some of you out there, the Lord has spoken to you too and given you something he wants you to do. You know, I just want to encourage you not to let fear stop you, the fear of making mistakes stop you from stepping out and doing what God wants you to do. You know, Abraham and Sarah were not perfect in the beginning, but God held them and, and Amen. helped them stand and helped them get through everything that they got through until the end. You know, and he's the father of our faith. He's our example. You know, and he wasn't perfect in the beginning. You know, we might not be perfect in the beginning either. But you have to remember... God wants you to be able to get through. God wants the best for you. You know, he's not going to tell you to do something you can't do. So, um, and you know, if the, if the Lord hasn't given you a word to stand on, the Bible is full of promises that we can stand on. You know, salvation is one of them. We all know people who aren't saved. You know, we all have relatives, family, 
co-workers, whatever, that that aren't saved. You know, find scriptures for that. Stand on it. Start believing for them. Or you might have, you know, sickness in your body. You know, if you do, find scriptures. Stand on them. Start believing. You know, start speaking what God is saying about you. You know, by his stripes, we are healed. You know, start speaking that. I am the healed. Or you might have, you know, problems with your finances that you need something with that, that you, you know, find scriptures, stand on them. Right. You know, pray over your tithe before you send it in, believing that God's gone open head, oh, windows of heaven man, and part right. of blessing that you can't contain. You know, when you give offerings, believe that you're going to have all of your needs met and enough to give to the poor yeah. or to whoever God tells you to give to. That's good. You know, we need to start really learning to stand on his word mm-hmm. and stepping out in faith. We do. That's and, you know, I believe it's do. Hebrews 4 that tells us that um, those of a mature age are those who, by reason of use, have learned to discern the good and the evil. Um, reason of use. That means you're not perfect every time. That means he's showing you when you do, there's a word to come in and to replace that and to tell you is anything too hard for God just like he did for Sarah to help her to stand. So um, we want to encourage you. I know that I was talking last week to a couple of people and they are standing and I heard them speaking out scriptures and I heard them say things and I love that because as this thing that we, we, the wonderful thing we listened to at the beginning, stand, believe, believe until you see it. You have a voice. Keep going. Don't let life's circumstance come in and, and overtake you. So we want to encourage you, if we can believe with you for anything, if we, you need somebody to stand with you, um, find somebody you're comfortable with, us. Um, if you don't even know what we're talking about, again, like I say, and you need to just call on the name of the Lord as your Savior, um, get with somebody, hook up, call in here Monday, do something to get yourself into his kingdom and then learn to stand and simply trust him and never doubt for anything that um that you need because he's so good and uh, so we're just going to pray and uh, father we thank you for this most awesome word that you bring forth father we thank you for your words that are faithful words father they are words that we can simply trust and never doubt in and father i pray for every person right now who is seeking an answer or wanting to hear from you for guidance or anything that it is father we know you have a word and father i thank you that you're going to bring that word to their remembrance father we just thank you for you because you are so good father just now as we go in this day um We know that you are guiding us in it. Father, we just thank you for your love, and I pray for every person here that they just hear you again today. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms, or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com, or the app, and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.